Welcome to the RIDcast, podcast for RID Home Services. I'm your host, Isaac Hunter. With each episode, we bring in special guests to not only help you take your sales abilities to the next level, but also help you improve through self-development and leadership skills. If you're here, let's get better together. Let's get into it. All right, welcome back, everyone. I'm going to start this podcast off with a little story. Probably six years old. My friend is probably like four. We're sitting outside my my front yard playing some tag. And I, you know, like a normal six-year-old. It was freeze tag or toilet tag is what it was. No, we were probably like eight and ten. Yeah, but toilet tag. So you tag someone and they have to stop with their arm out as if that's like the lever to flush the toilet. And whoever else isn't tagged yet goes and touches their arm and they swing around in a circle going down like a spiral and then they're untagged. So it's like freeze tag, but we call it toilet tag. But like a normal 10 year old, my genius idea was to take a metal baseball bat into the middle of the running area with all these kids and swing it around in a 360 degree motion. And my friend here, Sam, just decided it was going to be a good idea to run into the bat and knocked him out cold. Um, I know you went definitely blue in the face. You weren't breathing for a minute there. Yeah, not only that, but I also had the crimson chin. My He literally chipped part of my chin. Roll so, Tide, baby. Yeah, crimson chin. Yeah, and it was all for Coach Saban, so it worked out good. But yeah, I had the crimson chin for a solid week. But I do have to say, the person that Sam is today, I have to give a little bit of credit all to myself, day. all from the blow Sam took to the head that day. Dude, I think that's what kind of just made me not become a human and was able to just lose all social cues on the doors because I literally got it knocked out of me that day. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to hit a golden door, just go let someone club you in the face <laughs> with the baseball bat and you'll probably do it. But super stoked to have Sam on the podcast here, especially for the first one back here after the summer. We're all back from serving our tours and uh, back in the office. We have our office here officially, which is cool. The office is freaking sick, dude. It feels like we have a home. Like having a shared office space last year was fine, but the podcast room out of my house just wasn't cutting it anymore. Yeah, I had to turn that into a little nursery for... Baby Vince. Yeah, dude. Since the summer, I've had a kid, little Vince, Vinny. Sam is also engaged. Yeah. So that happened over the summer, proposed out in South Carolina. It's pretty cool to see how things have have changed and grown, especially like this one's special to me, special to my heart to have Sam on here and talk about the accomplishments that he's had just because I've been able to watch him grow. I feel like my whole life, Sam, you know, I've – Paved the way, and then Sam's just blown right through it and just taking things to the next level. I uh, thought I, I was a pretty cool kid in high school, winning all-area MVP. Um, I was a goalie in soccer. And then two years later, Sam not only wins state, blocks a PK to basically give the – he played goalie as well. We both played goalie growing up. But he not only blocked the goal to give the team the, the go-ahead PK to win it, but he then went on to win 5A MVP, played uh, D1 soccer at UVU, and then quit to do sales. and Quit for the bugs, dude. Yeah. It had you, to be done. Dude, at one point you wanted to go pro, right? Well, yeah. I uh, My goal was get back. I served a good old two-year mission for my church, the LDS church, and got back from Texas and immediately got thrown into knee surgery because I tore my meniscus on the mission, and then I went straight into uh, training with UVU, and super fun, loved it, <clears throat> made a lot of good relationships over there, but just tired of being dependent on my parents. If I wanted to go on a, a date to, who even knows, dude, Panda Express even, dude. I had a mom and dad. Dude, Panda Express was like... Two to three times a week in high school, yeah, at least. Dude. It was more so Mo Betas after um, getting back from college and stuff. But Yeah, the Mo, Mo Bamba sweats. Dude, yeah, if you guys go to Mo Bamba's, dude, just be ready to get some sweats going because it's definitely happening. But, 
yeah, dude, just was super tired of being dependent on my parents, calling them to add money to my debit card. Felt kind of dumb. And I figured the best way to do it was to, well, Isaac introduced me to sales and he said, dude, he like, loved it. It was a good experience. It was fun. So I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a shot for the summer. So I was going to play, it's technically like a semi-pro team, but not really up in Ogden called Ogden FC. And then, or the Park City Red Wolves gave that up, got told by, quite a few people that I was making a huge mistake and I'm losing a lot of leaving a lot of potential for soccer behind and going to regret it. But honestly, that was one of the main reasons to come do sales is people were telling me I was going to regret it. And I didn't like that. And it was really cool to go out there and with hardly any training, but it was good to kind of just like get thrown into it. And it was all worth it. Like able to be able to be independent on my own, support myself financially was like the biggest reason for me to go out and sell my first summer in I was going to do it just for a year, but stuck within and haven't regretted it since. It's been a good time killing some buggies out there. So one thing I want to mention before we kind of jump into everything is leading up to the first summer. And I, I may have mentioned this in the past before um, when, when we first had Sam on. This is the second time Sam's been on and definitely not the last from the things we can learn from him. But going into our first summer, we were actually with a different company. And I remember going out there and I mean, I was his team lead. And uh, he's my brother. We have a good relationship. He's my my best friend, too. And it was so hard to train this kid to just get him to do anything. Like, if you if you know Sam or have the opportunity to get to know him, which you should, not only for what you can learn from him if you do sales, but just the drive that he has as a person um, to be successful. But I, I could not get this dude to train. You know, he's, he's just – he's a goofball. He's a goofball. And – when we got out for the summer, we had a pretty small team, probably like, what, 16 guys, 17 guys? Yeah. Maybe even less, 14, I don't know. Well, no, I mean, technically, when we were out in Arizona for that first month, there was a good chunk of us. I'd say, like, because in our house where I was staying, there's 15 dudes and one girl in there. So that was 16 right there. Yeah. That's not including the married couples. So we probably had a team of, like, 20 out there, honestly. Yeah. But of the guys that came out, you know, I had obviously trained all off season with, with the reps and stuff. Sam was probably the dude I was worried most about going home early. Just <laughs> listening to his pitch um, and everything. And I, I don't mean that to bash on him at all because I also knew that he is one of the most confident kids I know. And when he sets his mind to something, we'll make it work. But the reason I say that is when people think of Sam or some of these dudes in the industry that have done what they've done, as anomalies and just just these just freaks, which they are. And I give them absolute benefit of the doubt that they are 100% different in a lot of aspects. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to try and peel that back today. But he's also just my brother. He's also a human. And, you know, he's got his his struggles that he deals with as well. But the cool thing about it is not especially even this summer is, you know, you dealt with a ton. You had a lot of struggles and stuff and you still made it happen and hit, you know, your freaking golden door. Well, one thing is, dude, I don't think anyone realizes this, but it's a lot easier to sell when you have a laydown radar, dude. Just pull that out of your left pocket. Just automatically find the laydowns, sell like 15, and go home within an hour. So yeah, dude, I'm glad I purchased one of those this summer. Dude, buy one, get one free now going on at Walmart, so... I don't know, dude. It's, I mean, I know like you give me a lot of credit for it, but having a lot of people looking up to within RID, like looking up to you and your leadership skills as like a manager and like Parker as well. Then also like competing with like Murray, good old K Murray, and then Baylor, obviously a lot of the other guys too. But it's, I mean, it's not easy to reach any goal in life, right? Like you should be setting goals that push you, make you a little bit scared, but once you get it, you feel really accomplished, but it is nice having a environment where not only is there a competition, but it's really supportive competition. Like even Bryson, for example, dude, like Bryson was a rookie set his goal for like, what was it? Like 300 K or. Yeah. No, I he, think that's right. Yeah. Or, I think he set his goal for 300 K. That's what he hit. And right. Yeah. And he hit it, but he surpassed it and he hit his goal for like a sales goal for like selling. I don't want to say the number, but he's, cause I don't know it. So I don't want to like, discredit him but dude for example like he was motivating me a ton out there too as a rookie and it's my third year and like typically being a vet you don't really compete with rookies per se because 
no offense to rookies, but like they just don't have the experience and experience does go a long way. So, I mean, it is nice to be able to reach a goal, but honestly, giving a shout out to the environment here at RID, like the support to get goals is for everyone here. Like not just me, but like for whoever, if you set a goal for a hundred, like you will have people there in your corner saying like, dude, you'll get a hundred easily. And it's nice knowing you have people on your corner, but also having the friendly competition as well to be like, dude, I cannot let Isaac beat me today. Or I can't let Bryson beat me today. Which I did beat you majority of the summer, right? Yeah, I feel almost every day. Yeah. Well, maybe not on the leaderboard, but physically. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's nice to have that environment, dude. It is really nice to have a friendly environment and, like, also just to support all around. You remember that morning meeting your first summer where we had that? Dude, what was it? I, I, we had, like, a dance-off. No, dude, it, was, it wasn't a dance-off. It was, well, it turned, it went from a rap battle <laughs> oh, to yeah. a complete like WrestleMania <laughs> where we had a competition to see who could rap the best. And it was me versus Isaac. And I went first, obviously spit some fire flames out there. And then Isaac went up there and buddy lost his train of thought and just automatically started just like hitting me like with a <laughs> pillow and just like slapping the crap out of me. And yeah. everyone's just laughing, but and I definitely moved on that round. <laughs> but no, it's so the Sam. His first summer did 300 counts, 302. Your goal was 250 that year. Yeah. And I don't remember the revenue. That was three years ago. That's back in the day where I've seen if I, I guess my contract probably was probably 13. My <laughs> 13 total bucks. revenue was probably like 12 bucks. Yeah. So. After 106% attrition. Yes. No, I think my total rev that summer, I mean, I don't want to like say the wrong. I think it was around 150, just to be conservative. I think it was like 150 thousand or 160 and jumping to chicago summer chirac the trenches absolute trenches but you jumped to 500 which was also your goal 500 accounts 500 accounts got 506 yeah and i don't remember how much revenue i think technically it was 356 oh no yeah yeah you beat 350 i remember you got that reward i think award yeah i think i got 356 yeah um and then this year Wanted to get Golden Door. Yeah. Or a thousand accounts or whatever, 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 whatever got you to Golden Door. That's kind of what you were calculating. Cause again, I'm glad that industry has finally shifted to revenue being so important just because that's ultimately what matters, right? Is not how many accounts you can flex, but how much revenue you produce for the company and, you know, for yourself. Yeah. And so this year you went out, did 772. Accounts? Yeah, I think 772. I'm, I may I have one guy pending, and he texted me this morning and said he wants to reschedule due to Hurricane Ian coming in hot. Ooh. So, yeah. Bless that's all not a good our, reason. We need to still get a tech out there. Yeah, dude. I might have to fly out there myself, but bless all the customers out there. Hopefully, it'll have major attrition from the, the Hurricane Ian coming in hot. But yeah, yeah a so lot of moisture coming in. Bugs are going to be bad. Yeah, dude. 772 accounts this year and then as far as total revenue goes i think i'm around six well i think i'm at 668,000 in revenue we had a nice little surprise at the end of the summer where you realized you had done a lot more revenue than you thought dude wait yeah now thinking about it i think i have 680 in revenue then because long story short we did a blitz um the first month of our summer we marketed for another company and I was told I did $48,000 in revenue that month. But then at the end of the summer, it was actually like 62000 in revenue. So I was going based off of forty eight, which was good because it obviously helped me stay out longer and just more than solidify my goal. But just a nice little, little bonus cushion there. Yeah. So I think this summer with revenue, I ended around six seventy five to six eighty. I need to look at it. But as long as I got six fifty, I didn't really care anything after that. Yeah. Six fifty is all I wanted and needed. Well, the main reason we wanted to have you on first is there's obviously a lot of people that want to hear from somebody who goes out and accomplishes a golden door. There's probably less than 20 guys, 25, 30 guys industry-wide that do this. Sam's the only guy in the company that hit it. And we actually want to talk about that. And, you know, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of companies that sell pest control but there's few that do that have guys that do what Sam just did. So, yeah, I mean, my first question, dude, is just like, how were you able to do it? 
How, how'd you go and get the job done? I know that's a loaded question, and there's obviously a lot that goes into it, and you're just like, I don't know, I just went out and worked, but. Yeah. Um, honestly, I mean, I'll avoid the cliche answers of, like, tons of confidence and assumptiveness or but for a mentality aspect I think the biggest thing that helped me out this summer was in preseason I did a lot of extra training just training with random people in the company or my personal downline or Isaac and PSTEF my managers so a lot of extra training but not with just like the training on sales but also just saying my goals to them every time I trained like for those people that I trained with, you all know my goal was to get a golden door this year because I manifested it and said it out loud a lot. And not in like a boastful way, but it was more so like I needed to keep myself accountable and needed to keep myself like believing in myself too because I knew as soon as I got out there in the trenches, it was going to be a lot harder to be selling 10 a day. And then one day I get a three day and I'm like, crap, dude. Like if I sold three, to, like for example, my first day selling, um, I sold three this year and I was like, well, my goal is a thousand. My goal was ten today, and I sold three. I'm literally having a three hundred account summer right now. So I remember you called me, and you're just like, "Dude, it's <laughs> gonna be a long summer." Day one, calling Isaac, saying about to pull the flag already. Like, just get out already. But no, dude, I think the biggest thing for me was not only just the extra training I did, um, which was huge as far as like the skills and sales aspect of it. But seriously, just the biggest thing. It sounds really cliche. The more I think about it, but just manifesting your goal daily to others that you're close with and i even think you guys said it on the podcast last year like our the farewell pod you guys had um, you were gonna go go out and do it yeah i think it might have even been you actually or maybe it was yeah it was you saying that i was gonna go get golden door and i heard that i was like oof now words out everyone knows and i was kind of like edit that part out of the podcast dude we should go back and edit it but no, it kind of made me, it, dude. I know. It made me nervous, but it, it was good to have that on me because, like, it was the expectation at that point. It wasn't, like, a goal. It was almost like I felt like I was expecting, to, like, I expected myself to get it. I feel like others expected it as well, like you included. I mean, we'll probably dive into more later on, but towards the end of the summer, literally calling Isaac probably four or five times a day just for, like, a mentality check. And that's not including the other four or five people I called daily just to make sure I was, like, staying mentally sane out there in postseason. But I would say the biggest thing, honestly, just to sum that up, was just manifesting it to myself, extra training, and then technical side of things, switchovers was huge this summer. Just getting my switchover pitch down because everyone and everything has a company out there in South Carolina. So Yeah, and when he means everything, we spoke to some literal roaches that, that opened up the door at times. But, you know... For those, just, just carry a bottle of ortho home defense with you at all times. Just this little spray bottle. It it acts like a little bottle of bear spray for self-defense. It's because you never know what's going to open up the door sometimes. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's, everyone had a company, so I knew I needed to get my switchover pitch dialed. And I ended up feeling more confident with switchover pitches rather than a startup. Like when I heard someone say, that, I, oh, I have a company, I was like a lot more confident going into that compared to... Oh, I just moved here from New York. I have no idea what bugs are. Like, what is this? And just like, I, in my head, I was like more, I mean, I was still confident, but just getting the switch over pitch down was huge as well. Yeah. Well, with manifesting it, that's one of the most important things I've, I've realized. And obviously, you know, I do my 200 to 250 every year. You know, I, I will just go out like clockwork and do my, my thing. I uh, haven't had the same improvement that Sam has. But one thing that I do know is the more you know, the more accountable you become because there's responsibility tied with knowledge. And when you train the way that Sam has and develop those skills to a certain point, the only way is up and, and to continue to just grow. And I've seen that like with Sam, he trained with probably every freaking rep in the company, um, every rep that wanted to or at every rep that he knew how to get in contact with because he knew that not only did it benefit them, but it benefited him himself too. This year, Sam was planning on staying out in South Carolina and just living out there. And obviously you came back for a bunch of reasons, but I know one yeah. of them was to be here, to be around the reps, to continue to do that same thing. Cause you know, we 
definitely still expect you to level up again next year. Um, I won't I won't say anything further than that if you don't want me to. We can maybe save that for another pod. But yeah, maybe for another pod we could disclose the future goal that I have set. You know, we'll talk about manifestations, but yeah, we'll, we'll hold that. We one won't back manifest for this now. one. No, but also with like the trainings, I think the biggest thing was not just hey, let's train today and then just role play. It was more so like more in depth with it. Like I remember meeting with like other branch owners and saying, I. Um, for example, Isaac, like, what is your best skill you have as a sales rep? Like, what's your thing you're best at? And for example, like you might would say, like, my intro is like money, dude. And I would have you train me on the intro for 30 minutes and then have you in return ask me what I think is I do best at. So I think going into a training with questions and wanting to get something out of it is huge. So for those that are, are in summer sales and are training don't just go about it in a role play type of vibe or just, oh, it's just chain on switch over to like get in depth with it and like ask specific questions like, okay, with switch over, how are you getting bug confessions or with switch over? How are you getting them to pay three times the amount what they're paying with their local company instead of 60 bucks a quarter, they're paying 79 bucks a month. So I think going into those trainings prepared is what really helped me too, because asking every sales rep, you can always learn from someone. So you're saying you you came ready to like basically you just wanted to really learn from any rep, any person. Yeah, I remember I trained with uh, Connor Bird and he I asked him like what he's best at and he said he's really good at relating with customers and he trained on that with me for a solid 25, 30 minutes. And then I trained with Logan Hudson and I trained with Marvin's and they all told me what they think they do best at. So it's really good to pick people's minds because they have different one-liners, different phrases, different mannerisms with it. That was really good to pick up on. So I don't know. I just think going into the trainings is prepared. It's going to be huge as well. Well, one thing that Sam's also really good at is just being coachable and humble. You know, he's a confident kid and he's a stubborn kid in a lot of ways, um, which I think is why uh, he does so well on the doors is because he doesn't take no for an answer. But he's always willing to learn, always willing to grow, always willing to help. And that's what makes him such a good leader too, is his ability to just be open-minded and know that he doesn't know it all. Like he's really good at just absorbing anything that he can from anyone when it comes to this job. And he's dedicated to it too. The thing about hitting a golden door is like this job is hard mentally in a lot of ways. And every summer I've, I've done four summers now going on, you know, summer five here is this job is hard on me in ways that I never expect. Like, I feel like every, every year I'm just like, dude, I got this figured out. Like I can go out and just do it again. It's fine. But every year brings its challenges. Um, and I've talked about some of those on the past, you know, tearing my ACL, <laughs> selling in Chicago is just a challenge, that's a challenge. of itself. Yeah, that's more than a <laughs> nah, challenge. I'm just kidding. There's, there's, there's ways to sell in every market. But uh, even like this year for you, like having a kid and like having to take care of a family and like knowing the pressure of like de- needing to provide for your family too, like that's something that's huge. And I think that's like a not sales related um, concern. That's like a life concern. And like things get thrown at you in life that just can throw you off course if you allow it to. Yeah, dude. And sometimes it, it was... And, you know, still is a lot like, you know, my baby's six days old right now. And sometimes it's crazy just how as you get older, I mean, I'm only 25. So, you know, wisdom I know comes with age, but there is a weight that comes with and responsibility that that just somehow seems to just get heavier with time. Um, You become more and more independent, less. you, You talked about how you did this job because you wanted to kind of get away from that and break apart from, you know, mom and dad and just start getting things rolling. But yeah, dude, there is like, a, a, I'm sure you feel the same way in a, a lot of aspects to that responsibility to one show up and you already manifested your goal. So you probably had the response or the, the weight of actually going out and doing it. Yeah. I remember we had conversations like that all summer too, but to go out and do what you do, dude, I know what it takes for me to get to 250 accounts mentally, but have you ever, you read the book winning, right? Yeah. By Tim Grover. He talks about the dark side. Do you feel like the dark side is like a real thing for you? Like, do you feel like you had to get, 
get to that point this year? Or let me ask you, did you have you been there in previous years? And did you get there this year too? Dude, I feel like for those of you who haven't read the book or don't know what the dark side is, and as you can give his thoughts on it too, it's going to a place mentally where you do anything and everything you can to accomplish what you have set. So whether that's in a sport, like you want to win a championship, like you do everything, anything you can to reach it. So dude, my first and second summer, honestly, I don't feel like I did. I don't feel like I like touched that dark side. But this last year, dude, maybe thought you did. Yeah, yeah, I guess. No, yeah, that's true. Like, I guess I thought I did. Like, first year, um, the first month, I thought I hit my dark side. But now looking back, that's literally just a normal day-to-day. Yeah. Day-to-day on the doors, you know? That was just sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, literally, dude. Just That's what I'm talking about with, like, as you develop and grow. Like, you'll look back on life and you'll just be like, dang, that was actually a lot easier than I thought it was. And that, that helps me realize, like, there's a lot of things that I probably shouldn't stress over and stress about because if you're just doing your best and trying, like things will always work out. I believe in God. So for me, you know, I believe that he will always be there to provide, but the universe, whatever you want to call it, it always, the cosmos, it always seems to work yeah. in your favor if you're just trying yeah. and getting up and trying to get the job done. I agree. And this, dude, this last summer, to be honest, I feel like the biggest struggle for me, I mean, there's a lot of things that happened in my life with like a lot of like outside stuff that happened. But dude, one of the biggest struggles to be vulnerable was not having people to like doubt me, honestly. Because at RID, I sold 500 last year. I had a really good summer and I trained a lot. So people almost were, it's not a bad thing, but I feel like people are like, oh yeah, Sam will get it. And I almost wish at some points this summer I had people would be like, uh, he's not going to get it. Because I'm used to like that in sports, having like the the doubt motivate me or doubt, not motivate, but keep me disciplined. And I think one of the biggest struggles this last year was just having like, oh yeah, he's going to get it. It's just a matter of when. It made me nervous, dude. And there's times where I called you. You can even ask Carson Bird. I literally called him basically in tears. Called Isaac multiple times, almost in tears. Just saying like, mentally, dude, I don't know if I can stick it out or whatever it was but i think the dark side is I mean, it sounds like kind of like cheesy like like a star wars type vibe but it's honestly really good because i was able to just solely focus on my goal and i even like so chelsea and i my uh beautiful fiance we're uh planning our wedding that's happening on november 10th and we're doing a lot of the planning ourselves. And I literally told her, like, hey, like, don't talk to me about the wedding. Like, I literally can't mentally focus on that right now. Like, I just cannot do it. And bless her soul because she was able to handle it and do a lot on her own. And she probably, she supports me a lot. But I, I know she's really stressed and stuff. But I told her, like, don't talk to me about it. I literally can't handle that mentally. And that was, like, part of the dark side. Or, like, Carson and CJ or UMP staff talking about opening up a branch this upcoming year, which will happen. It's just more so, like, I couldn't focus on that. And I literally told Carson and CJ, like, hey, like, don't talk about the branch. Like, don't talk about the future. Like, I literally can't focus on it. I was just so obsessed with getting the goal that I had set for the summer. And, like, just it consumed my mind. And I literally just felt like I couldn't even focus. And I feel like that was, like, the dark side for me where I literally didn't put myself anywhere else except for the gym, eating, and the doors. That's all I did towards the last part of the summer. I might get a little spanking for saying this, but... One thing I want everyone to know outside of RID, even inside of RID too, not only did Sam hit Golden Door, but he did it the right way. And I'm not saying he's the only one to do that, but go look at his attrition. It's sitting right around 18%. yeah. And obviously it might be a little bit higher because of the volume that he puts on. But that's insane. I had higher attrition last year in Chicago than 18%. And so let that be known. He's at 18% attrition on a massive summer. And that's what's cool is not only are we, is he selling tons of accounts? Not only is he trained and training guys the right way um, within RID, but ultimately he's getting paid on those accounts too. Yeah. So, um, and again, I'm not saying he's the only one that, that has done it the right way. And honestly, I don't care if you 
if you can still get to a golden door and if you do it the wrong way, freaking props to you soldiers. <laughs> but you know, that's, that's, what's cool is the money's ended up in his account too. Dude. One say, one thing I will say that I am the only one to hit golden door is with no segue. Oh foot yeah. Soldier, Sam is a foot soldier year. too. Just kidding. I might not be the only one, but if you are out there, let me know, man. I want to give you a little high five for sticking it out foot soldier with me. Yeah. Well, one, one thing I know about Sam too is just his ability to stick to his routine. He and I hit the gym every morning and he never misses and he never misses in a lot of, in a lot of ways too, not just the gym, but his routine is super important to him. But I'm curious I know that it did change a little bit, but what was kind of like a normal routine for you before the dark side and then after the dark side? Because I think that's important because I remember calling you and things had changed. Yeah. Well, the normal schedule, I'd say here at RID is get on the doors around noon or 1 p.m. and just knock straight till 9, 9.30. And that's what we did um, the whole summer. Then when August hit, halfway through August, when people started trickling off and going home for school or for whatever reason it is. Their dog ate their... Their dog ate a plastic couch bag. And they needed to get home to... Yeah, just go rub their belly to make it feel better. couch. Yeah, that too. No, we didn't have a lot of guys on our team do that, but... Um, no, we had we had a really good team. Yeah. We had the best team. Oh, as far as everything Not goes. only opinion-wise, but revenue-wise too. Yeah, look at the stats, boys. But once people started leaving, it was kind of hard because I was driving out the hood by myself and I was still probably a hundred thousand dollars in revenue away from my goal and I was going to stay out no matter what to get it but so it this is middle of August yeah this is like probably mid-August and it was pretty daunting to me so I guess what I changed my schedule up is still woke up at the same time which is like seven o'clock six thirty every day went to the gym get back, eat, and as soon as I ate, I went on the doors. So, like, 10, 30, 11, I'd bring a little cooler with a couple, like, protein cookies and would head out onto the doors. No, probably, like, 10, 10, 30. Head out with, like, a little cooler with some snacks and some food um, and drinks and go start knocking, and then 4 o'clock hits when I was starting to lose my sight to my vision and feet were going numb and everything because I literally had no energy in me because it was hot as heck out there. Go back to my car, eat, then start knocking until, like, 9... 930 so I think Sam is a night crawler too he just he's not just saying that this dude seriously just social cues gone but he's still a normal human but just he just works like just gets the job done dude learn the night crawler from shout out to K Murr that kid does not stop knocking even my little brother he came out and saw with us Nick's he's a night crawler too dude. dude there was not a day where like, a lot of times I pull up to his hood at, like, 9.30, 9.45, and he was just walking down the street getting back from a door, and I'm like, holy, dude. So, no, like, yeah, shout out to those two, and every, there's a few other people on the team as well that were just texting me, hey, pick me up last, or hey, go pick up the other guys before you get me, and it was really nice because then I knocked till 9, 9.15, and then people are like, no, like, come pick me up later and stuff. There were also a few guys that end up texting me saying, What's your ETA when you when you heading over here? Yeah, we love those texts at like two p.m. I no, mean, I, I won't I won't say I'm I'm definitely guilty of sending a few <laughs> of those. No, dude, but I think knocking past dark is kind of like a no one really knows what dark is, right? Like I feel like people say, oh, it's six thirty, the sun's going down, it's pretty dark, can head home pretty pretty soon here, or oh, it's seven o'clock, I only have an hour left of knocking, but. The best, dude, My one of my favorite memories of selling this year was when we had this little competition going on in Texas, and it was whoever sold the most revenue over the weekend would win, like, a Tiger Woods polo knocking shit or something like that. I can't remember what it was. And me and Baylor Green we were basically tied. And on Saturday around 5 o'clock, I was at 10, and he was at 12. And he heard that I was, he heard that I was going to knock the whole day, so he stayed out the whole day. And we were just knocking super late, and I ended up closing, knocking and closing my last deal at 10.45 p.m., and it was a fresh door. See ya. But no, that was one of my favorite days because it helped me realize, like, knocking past 9 o'clock is not a bad thing. So yeah, maybe I did lose some social cues with it, but it worked, and it helped out a ton to be able to get a few extra deals in the summer, because those one or two extra deals you get after 9 do help get your end goal, so... 
Well, the one thing that I want to say, too, before we lose this dark side thought is if you guys didn't notice, he went from knocking one to nine, just the normal schedule, which you are getting a little bit less hours on the day. But the nice thing is, is you still get to feel like human a little bit. You get your mornings. We got to hit the gym and we could still feel somewhat well rested. I don't know if you ever feel completely well rested over the summer, but when he was a hundred thousand, what was your last knocking day? September. My last day knocking? Yeah. And it being September 19th. So he knocked through his birthday, September 12th. He knocked every Saturday, full days. There was maybe a couple. A few exceptions, but, but I feel like they're preferred, pretty valid reasons, like Chelsea coming out to visit or but, something like that. But. Yeah, but that was the attitude going into the summer was he was going to knock every Saturday, full days. And when he hit his dark side, what did what did he do? He goes out and just doubles down on his efforts and gets out three hours earlier. I remember you would call me at 10 every morning. What's up, dude? What are you up to? <laughs> oh, man, I'm just heading out to area. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, like the only one out here knocking, but we're going to make it happen. Yeah. And well, I did not say that. It's more so probably like, dude, I don't know if dude, I can make this happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the dark side. Right? There, you know, t- to get raw, Sam did have a moment where he really – didn't think he was going to get there. I remember that phone call. But you just got to chip away at it. This, the job really is a marathon. That's that's what sales is, whether you're doing door-to-door or, you know, you're on the phones. I've done some phone sales. I did it some security for, for a minute. And, you know, being commission-based is just a, a marathon just that never ends. And Dude, it's a marathon to get the sprint through the entire way, I feel like. Like, you can't really let off on the gas because if you get off the gas and your goal is 10 you get two you know like it's a sprint marathon the entire three four months you're out there if you want to accomplish what what you do if you it's that's what it's got to be yeah but yeah he doubled down on his efforts when that time of year just imagine especially if you've sold like everyone's going home and that that going home feeling feels so good and he's one of the only ones out there left and still makes it happen by himself. It's just freaking insane. But during that time, when did you hit your 23-day? Was that before people had left? It was, dude. It was before people left? Yeah, wasn't it? It was. I was home. I was in Utah. Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, other, other, we saw the postseason guys yeah, out there. But. No, yeah. It was. I don't remember the exact day. I can maybe find it. But it was. Definitely, like, towards the end of August. So that's... We're not just BSing you, but that's the sprint that never ends marathon to do what Sam did. He throws up a 23-day, like, a week or two before going home, which literally also brings a tear to my eye, let alone (laughs) the fact that you hit Golden Door. Yeah. But... Well, dude, even going off that, the week prior... I got my best week ever. I think I sold $65,000 in revenue. And then the week where I got my 23-day, I got, I blew it out of the water. I think I got like $75,000 in revenue. No, that's wrong. I got $62,000 in revenue the first week, and then I got $74,000 in revenue the second week. And then that Monday after, on a huge high, feeling really good, I think that was the day where I had to hit my dark side, where I called you and Seabird, and dude that's what it was you had your 23 day on a saturday yeah i did it was a saturday and then that monday is when you like broke down yeah i i called that saturday i called my fiance chelsea and said i'm getting 20 i'm getting a 20 day today like it has to happen and she's like no okay well you can do it i know you can but don't stress yourself out but she believed in me which was sweet have a good day buddy (laughs) go get him no, that's what's cool. She likes like believed in me, but she knew I was like really obsessed with this goal. So she's like, "Don't stress yourself out," because she knew if I went in out there and like sold two, I would just be mentally psyched out. So, got twenty three, felt really good. Had the two best weeks of my entire sales career. Then that Monday, dude, I just got hit by a wall. Like where it was like, I'm fifty thousand dollars away, and I've done that within a matter of four days, one time, but. That for some reason that day I was like fifty thousand dollars. That is so unattainable. Yeah, There's the, no way I can get that. It takes me about a month. 
Oh, almost. No, I'm but it was interesting. It's just like coming off a really big high. I think there's a lot to it of why it hit that wall, but I don't know. It was just weird. And that day I knocked a door at like, I got out super late because I had a lot of stuff going on with like planning for the wedding and stuff and helping Chelsea out with that. So I didn't get on the doors until like, oh, I got off on the doors a little bit later. Knocked my first door. Guy was not super stoked. And I got really upset and just walked away and called Isaac. He didn't answer. Called Carson Bird. He answered. And I talked with him and I was like, dude, I'm done. Like, I literally can't get this. And he was like, he was confused. He's like, what? He's probably thinking in his head, like, this kid just had the two best week of his life, had a 23-day, the last selling day before today, and he's telling me he can't get his goal. And I knocked the door, and to be transparent, they, I talked to Isaac and Carson, and Carson Bird, and they're both like, dude, if you need to take a day off, like, like you can just go home. Like, Chelsea was there for the weekend. Like, go be with her. Just hang out with her. Like, go enjoy your time with her, dude. Like, you, you're going to get your goal no matter what. It's just a matter of when. And that's, I think, where Isaac said my stubbornness comes into play because I knocked a door, and I've technically never bageled. So the only reason why I said I'm knocking that day is because I already knocked a door, and I didn't want to go home saying I bageled because I technically knocked a door. And I only had, I think I got three that day. I sold the next two doors in a row, and then a not home, and then I sold the third one. And still knocked the hours, but, dude, that was one of my better days as well. Like, it was weird to have like my favorite days. Yeah, I had my best day selling day on a Saturday. Then that next Monday, I had one of my favorite days selling. And obviously, the results don't show for it. But on that that day, that day is the most tangible time where I could put a finger on it and say, like, that's when I hit the dark side, where, like, I needed to do something different. And even getting permission from, like, my manager and then, like, Carson to go home, I was like, yeah, I probably should, dude. Like, I just wasn't in a good mental state at that point, but... That sticking it out that day to get just simple three deals. None were good. I mean, I had a couple of good CVs, but it just wasn't the best day ever as far as numbers go. That was definitely one of my favorite days because that was the day I realized like I like needed to adjust something. Well, that was probably not what you expected to deal with that Monday, but how did you get through it? Dude, I don't, being vulnerable, honestly, just calling you and Carson Bird and calling Chelsea, just being like, I, like, am struggling to, like, actually believe in myself to get this goal. Because I feel like... You uh, finally doubted yourself. Yeah. I feel like it, maybe it was doubting myself, but also just not seeing the, the light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. Like, I've always saw the light at the end of the tunnel, but that day, for some reason, just shut off. And I had nowhere to go is what it felt like. So I was like, I just felt stuck. So I think the thing that helped me was just being vulnerable, having someone to talk to and say... I had a really rough day today and not knowing what to do better. And honestly, like, I mean, yeah, I heard really good advice from like you, Chelsea and Carson, but he doesn't say anything like that. I haven't heard before. It was just simply the fact that I felt as if I, to be vulnerable and to express my thoughts and feelings really helped me be able to like reset my mind and reset my reason why and kind of reevaluate what I need to do. And I think it's like a week and a half later, I ended up getting, golden door yeah, actually well, it, was, it took you a sec dude because i remember the next day i called you and i'm like dude how you doing because i was worried i was just like oh man yeah the next day i sold five but so. i remember i called you before and i was just like how you feeling and you're just like probably worse <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's the thing is like it didn't change overnight even too. the next day on the tuesday it was still just like on daunting. a tuesday on a tuesday on a tube <laughs> on the bloody tube <laughs> no even on on that tuesday it was still really tough to get out there and just stay disciplined to go do it. Cranked out five. And then that week was one of my rougher weeks of the summer. And I still ended with like a, I think it was a 32 week, a $32,000 revenue week. Yeah. Which I think it was like one of the worst weeks of my summer, but that's, I think that was one of my favorite days this, not even this summer, but my whole sales career. You even said, he said, dude, you're going to look back on this day and say like, I leveled up that day like mentally. And I did, I feel like I went through a really hard thing. It sounds stupid because at the end of the day, it's just from outside perspective, it's just knocking doors, selling bug spray. But mentally what it did to me, it was, it was brutal. It was weird. I felt like I was in a really dark place. And looking back, it definitely did help me level up and it helped me grow so much as not just a salesperson, but 
just as a human being, just being able to push through a hard time. Well, dude, hard is good. And that is something I've learned. And honestly, like when I'm in the middle of hard, I definitely forget what I just said. But when I reflect on hard things, it's those things that have always helped me to level up. And there's not a hard thing that I've gone through in my life that I would take back. Um, You know, like having a spinal fusion at 18 when I broke my back was probably like my dark side that I've had in my life up to this point. And, you know, things probably changed, but that totally just 180 the trajectory of like the person that I wanted to become because that was the first time in my life where I feel like I really had to take accountability for the type of person I wanted to become because I had to literally basically relearn how to walk. Yeah. And I feel like when hard things come into play and like things in life get thrown at you, that's where the whole phrase of what's your reason why for doing it comes into play. But on a deeper level, like you need to like actually dig down deep in yourself and realize or try to recognize if that why is big enough. And that day I realized my why wasn't big enough. At first, the reason I wanted to get Golden Door was to not just say I did a hard thing, but um, at the time I was almost engaged to Chelsea. So I was like, okay, I need to be able to support me and her financially. But within a month, not not to do my own home, but like I was bored. Yeah, I was set. Like I already had myself financially set for the next year, two years, right? So that reason wasn't big enough. And the second reason... My second why I would say I want to get Golden Door was just to be able to say you don't have to be at a specific company to get Golden Door. You can be here at RID as well and get Golden Door. So that was my second reason why and that's the biggest reason why. Then that day, talking to Carson Bird, he's like, dude, maybe your reason why is not big enough. And I ended up changing my reason why to rather than saying you can be anywhere and get a Golden Door, like you can be here at RID as well, not just at any other company. You can get it here. I changed it to, I want to complete a full summer and also reach my goal at the end of the summer. Because my first summer, my goal is 250, got 300. Second summer, my goal is 500, got 506 accounts. This third summer, I want to get Golden Door. And I wanted to be able to say, not only did I knock a whole entire summer, but I also reached my goal as well. And to some people, that why might not sound strong enough. But knowing Sam, like if he sets a goal, he will hit it. And... That's one thing I've learned from 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 you is just your ability to set a goal and like just do whatever you got to do to pave the path to to do it. And that's what you've done with Ferrit, dude, is you don't have to be at XYZ company to go out and hit it. And there there's not one recipe to to get the job done. Yeah. Um or one company to get the job done and you just paved that path for Ferrit to show that you can do this with the same training because the training is the same. We all say the same thing. Sorry to break it to anyone else out there too. You know, we all say the same things. Maybe there's little tweaks. And as far as the pitch goes, it's pretty sixes everywhere. Basically. Sexual favors might be offered. <laughs> we don't know. But you have proven that you can do that here too. And I think you've set you really raised the bar for all of us um, to go out and continue to just level up in our own ways too. So, Oh yeah. I'm saying it now. I will manifest one thing, which maybe not be my goal, but I will manifest that Rid will have three golden doors next year. Me included. Oh. We'll have at least two more. Interesting. That will happen. I already have a couple names of who can potentially get it, but let's hear it. We'll for, have at for least those two. that are here. Who, who do we have on the chopping block dude first bryson's gonna get it for sure he's okay. he's a dog he's gonna be a second year rep it's honestly kind of gonna be the same thing as me this last year like i knew i was gonna get it it was just a matter of when i think bryson's gonna get it no matter what whether it's starting in february ending in october or november like he will get golden door dude another person that i can see doing it as well as i mean there's a few but Baylor Green, I know he can get it. I know Carson Murray can get it. And we got four on there. Well, we have Let a lot alone. of potential, dude. Like, there's just so many other people that I can even say, like, Sherls, Toast. Like, there's just a lot of dogs here that I know can get it. It's just a matter of them wanting to get it, in my opinion. 
And that's not including those who might join the force as well. Yeah, those who join the fold here at the Ridman. Yeah, it can definitely happen. And there's also a few others, obviously, that I know can get it. It's just those are the first few people that come to mind that I know will have the potential. Speaking of joining the folds, you know, Sam and I hopped on with Rid, you know, since its inception. You know, we weren't originally with these guys. Um, we did come from another company, but um, we have been with Rid basically since the start. And, you know, I know my reasons why I came. Why Why are you here? I think the reason why I joined is different than why I'm staying. The reason why I joined is because you and Carson were coming with me. And I looked up to you guys a ton, not just as sales reps, but as people. You guys are people I look up to still to this day. And then also just meeting the owners, like Carson, CJ, Jason. Like, it was a no-brainer. To like when I first sat down with them, I remember I called you right after. I'm like, dude, I'm sold. Like, I'm down to come to Rid. It'll be sweet here. And that I, the reason why I joined was just simply just for the people there. That was it, which I think is a good enough reason. The culture was great. I can already tell it was from the first few meetings I had with them. Um, but the reason why I stay is because the ownership ability and not just that, but the amount of options you have here at Rid. Like, if you wanted to be a two year sales rep, you can do it here with Rid. If you want to be a five year sales rep, you can do that here at Rid. If you want to own something and have equity in something and it's actually tangible equity, not just the mythical having 1% of a company or potential having LTIP. Yeah, it's it's tangible. And not just that, but you have an effect on the company and you have the ability to grow something that's yours. And I haven't done that yet. Like I don't have a branch yet, but this upcoming year I'm going to have one. And that's why I'm still here is because there's nowhere else really in the industry where you can get what we have to offer here at RID, which is not just equity, but it's the culture behind it. It's the leadership abilities here. It's the fun things we do. Like we're literally going to Southern Utah tomorrow to just go down there for a whole weekend, just chill. Then a month we're going to Mexico or not a month, a couple months. January, February, whatever it is. And that's just not including all the other incentives we do. But the reason why I stay is just that, the ability to own something because well dude even to be honest the day i got golden door i remember i sold uh this guy um as a switch over is your last deal or no it wasn't my last deal my last deal i can tell about in a second too that one's funny but the de- the deal i got my golden door i uh I-, I took a selfie with him posted on instagram guy was a homie it was super sweet like it was like an ideal last deal for golden door if that makes sense like it was just like a a movie scene is what it felt like Got off the door, and dude, I literally didn't even, like, feel any different. And I, like, didn't know why. Like, I felt good, and I felt stoked, but I just didn't feel different. And I remember I talked to uh, Carson Bird um, after I got it. He called me and, like, congratulated me, and I was like, yeah, dude, it's super sick. He's like, how does it feel? And I was like, dude, honestly, it feels good, but I need to be a brand. Like, next year I'm going to be a branch owner because I'm tired of being just a sales rep. Like, even though, like, yeah, I got Golden Doors, a really hard accomplishment. It's not really, like, common to get that goal. I just knew I needed to be an owner because I wanted to own something. I wanted to be a part of something and create something myself. But at the same time, you didn't have an ego about it either. You earned it, and you went out and earned your ownership. And so you deserve to open up a branch and not to say that rid's the only company in the industry that's doing it the way that we are yeah we're essentially franchising you know it's simple and i'm not sure why other companies don't do this more often but if you haven't heard about franchising or if you're with rid not with rid franchising is for sure the only option I was getting, I was done with the industry. I was, I was literally about to bounce. I'm about to finish my degree in finance. I wanted to do investment banking. My wife and I, she lived in New York a couple times. She loves it out there. That's where I proposed to her. Like the plan at one point was to go to New York and just do the investment banking route. Dang, I didn't know that. And I had this moment, this fork in the road where it was either I stay in the industry and, or I don't. And Rid came at the perfect time. And my motto is to always take opportunities as they come. And I jumped on it quick. And I am not one to to make impulse decisions yeah. like that. But the opportunity to own 
my own business was something that I'd never heard of in the industry. There's profit sharing. There are other forms of and some kind equity, of like stock right? We, stuff, yeah, right. your stock shares, things like that. But whole, owning cold hard equity, where not and what that means is not only do you get to profit share, but you also when you sell either your equity or you sell the branch, you get the multiple of the revenue. You get bought out, and so there, there's multiple ways to make a ton of money doing this. But it's not about selling pest control. You know, we have the operations dialed in. I don't, as a branch owner, I don't do a lot of that. You'll, you're jumping into this now. But you'll be able to still just go out and sell and do your own thing. The infrastructure is there. And I know that there definitely were some doubters with RID to start. And, uh, you know, whether we were going to make it or not, we've done it for two years. And we've virtually done it debt-free which if you know the numbers behind pest control is rare, insane. And yeah, we're, we're just building our own businesses. And that is the coolest thing to be an owner, at th- especially at this age. Oh yeah. There's so many guys in the industry that have the potential to do something like this. Not only would they be able to make money off their own deals, like they already are, build something along the way. So in five years when you are done with this job or... 10 years, if you make it a, a, a little bit more long-time career, you have something that you've built along the way. You not just, own it. You yeah. own it. And not just building a team. Like, building a team is different than building, like, the actual... Customer base. Customer base. Building the... Just the amount of deals you guys put on in the year. It's completely different than building a team. Because you build a team... I'm not saying that's easy. It's definitely a hard thing to do. It's... Just the fact that you're not building a team, you're building long-term passive income for yourself and you're learning so many things along the way. Like, I mean, I haven't done it yet, but I just imagine that's some of the benefits that come along with it. It's just building another stream of income and the income is so significant that in three years, two to three years, whenever the branch becomes profitable, you can start to turn that into other investments. And that's exactly, I was talking to CJ about this the other day. Within a few years, I want to purchase a couple, two to three years, I want to purchase another home. I want to move into it, live in it for a couple of years, keep my new one or my old one, rent it out, have a few different different sorts of opportunities are endless for what you can do with this job. Yeah. That's one thing that I remember one of the first meetings that we talked about was investments and being able to, we were just manifesting like when this rocket ship takes off, we can take that and just plow that into a bunch of different things. So not only are we making a bunch of money along the way, but we're building long-term wealth. Yeah, And that's the thing about this job is as soon as you are done, it stops. The money stops. It's over. Yeah, And a lot of companies will sometimes stop paying you out even if you're still owed. And with RID, you have something that you've built along the way to reward yourself for all the work that you've put in up until the time that you exit. Yeah, and this isn't even like talking bad on any other company because to be completely honest, are there companies out there that sell better than RID? A hundred percent. Like there's some companies that have multiple golden doors. There's companies that have multiple downlines of million, two million, three million, four million dollars in revenue. Right? Hundreds of hundreds of reps. Yeah. Like it's not talking bad on those. Like, I mean, if that the shoe fits for you over there, do it. Right. But the thing is, is it's just interesting since being home from knocking the past two and a half, three, I guess three weeks now, but within the first two weeks of being home, I had two, three, I had four owners of a pest control company, like different companies, four actual owners of four separate companies message me to try and recruit me. And this is not like anything bad against them. Like obviously they're doing their job, but there's no way I'd leave because at that point, it'd just be another piece in the little totem pole, number 11 in the line. Right here at RID, it's you are the top. Like once you open up a branch, you are at the top. And you have the ability to, like I said, just be those owners that have reached out to me to join their team. Like that is going to be me this upcoming year. Like I will be the owner of a branch at RID. So it's just it's just cool because if you're wanting to be in this industry long term, long term as in four, three to five years or more. RID is definitely the place, not just because of the numbers we throw up or anything like that. I'm talking more just the equity and the fact that you can own something. Because if you're going to do this job for three to 10 years, three to five years, 
you might as well try and build something out of it rather than build something for someone else. I think that's the biggest thing here, really, why like I stay and why everyone else here stayed. Because it's not a coincidence, in my opinion, that a lot of people that join RID stay with RID. Like the retention of our reps is pretty high. And for the people that have left, have majority of it done it for other reasons, not for sales, but for like their own goals to be a dentist or to open up your own business, which is sweet. And that's what RID offers as well, is the ability to mentor you to open up your own dream of doing what you want to do for the rest of your life. The one thing I love about RID is, sure, we are smaller than some of these massive you know, Tiny. door-to-door companies. We, we had you know, probably 100 reps, give or take, maybe a little bit more. But the thing that I love about RID is that we just have guys here and sales reps here that want to be here. None of us were, if you come in and chat with any of us, it was never about, oh, sign right now and we'll give you this. Or, you know, if you come here, this is what we'll promise you. We want guys that want to be here. Yeah. And that's what makes the difference is the passion behind what we're trying to do and build is so much better than chasing numbers and chasing chasing money. I learned this from a podcast, another podcast, but it's better to chase your dreams than it is to chase the money because if you chase your dreams, the money will follow. And that's what we're doing here at RID. But dude, just to close, let's just let's just wrap up with like what's been a favorite memory from door to door just over the past. Oof. We've been through it together your whole three years. Dude, I'm trying there's so many like Funny stories. Some are probably way too inappropriate to even share. Probably most of them. I've got to say, some of my favorite memories from door to door have come from beat ups. No, <laughs> that'll never be a good memory. Because <laughs> the aftermath memories probably not no, my favorite. You, you but go for about Thursday. twelve hours later. Not my favorite. Twelve? No. Let me explain what actually happens. For those who don't do a Thursday night beat ups run, you go eat beat ups with the boys. You pound 20, 25, 30 wings. You feel good, right? <laughs> thirty wings. Oh, easily, dude. So yeah. then you go home. You wake up at it. The nightly wake up is begin around one a.m. You wake up at one a.m. and you feel. You like don't a, know why. You have no idea why. You look up, you're wondering what's going on. Just wide awake as if you were never asleep. Yes, but then as soon as you move a limb, you realize you're a dried up, sun-dried Trisket in bed. (laughs) You have, or a wheat thin. You have no liquid in your body. I don't know what it is, the sodium or something. This dehydrates you so bad. So you crawl out of your bed, go get a water, pound a whole entire water, go back into bed. 3 a.m. rolls around, same thing. <laughs> 5 a.m. rolls around, 7 a.m., then you're out to the gym. So there's one time we had a beat-ups run, and I had the the 1 a.m. sweats waking up, just not knowing what to do. <laughs> and I hate water. Like, plain water, I don't do it. So I usually have, like, a flavored sparkling water, like Liquid Death or you something plowed like that. Liquid Death this summer. We were basically off of the energy drinks. Dude, I was for a month, but I have a theory behind it. It was one of my worst months ever. So Not ever, but... Dang, I, I didn't do energy drinks like all summer. Dude, I think, I don't know, I think I might have ADHD or something because caffeine helped me focus, like having that energy, like helps me focus on the doors. When I didn't have it, I still sold well, but not as well. Anyways, but that one time with beat ups, dude, I went to the fridge and I had no liquid desk. I had no flavored water or anything. All I had was um, three Premier Protein shakes. <laughs> and, I drank one and I was like, holy crap, I literally felt dehydrated as heck still. And I pounded all three of them. Oh 90 grams gosh. of protein within probably a span of 45 <laughs> seconds. Crawl back in the bed, woke up around 5 a.m., had to give into some normal water out of the sink. Went back to bed, woke up, and let's just say I went to the gym. And when the pre workout hit, I was in the stall for a crisp 45 minutes from those premier protein. Just went right through me. But. Dude, I don't know. As far as, like, favorite memories, dude, this last year, one of my favorite memories was, so we're out in Charleston, and Charleston's a pretty small market. So come July, mid-July, we went down south to, was it mid-July? Yeah, mid-July area. Dude, it was a two to two and a half hour drive there. And then a two to two and a half hour drive back. Yeah, we had some memories in the road trips. It's like five hours like, of driving a day. F- yeah, four to five hours of driving every day. That was a grind. We were 
you're getting home around like 12, 1230 every night. every night. And, dude, it sounds stupid, but, dude, those car rides were saved my summer. Like, just mobbing out the hood with Nick's, Andrew, Gavin, Peewitty, Murr, you, P-Staff, like, the boys. Like, dude, it was so fun. And, like, at that point in the summer, I feel like everyone's kind of burnt, tired, excited to go home, but... <laughs> Really burnt. Oh my gosh, why am I forgetting the name of the city? Waltersboro. <laughs> Waltersboro. That was the next up on the list. For those of you who know, the fallen soldiers of Waltersboro still stand. And as your commander, Cream, I am here to say that we did win the war at Waltersboro. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, you can reach out. But <laughs> what's uh what's your social media? Dude, I actually changed it the other day because I had some hackers following me. Let me pull up my Sam with three M's, then Hunter with three R's. All right, that's a little tough to follow, so if you can find him, good I, luck. If you can't, <laughs> it's all right. Sam, three M's, Hunter, three R's, pretty easy. Come find him in the red office. We're here in Lehigh, with our brand-new office. He'll probably be training with somebody. But, Sam, appreciate you, dude. Pleasure's mine. <laughs>